imagine celebrating your success going on holidays having bonfire on the beach with your loved ones unfortunately most entrepreneurs experience burnout within the first year but what is it that makes others succeed i'm your host tajul khurana call me kk join me as we have fireside chats with experts who have insider secrets around how to rest rejuvenate recharge and be bonfire entrepreneurs hello once again i'm kajal khurana your host kk and this is be bonfire entrepreneurs and our next guest today is the founder and creator of repurpose initiative he's been an entrepreneur his entire life he is also the author of two books mastermind group blueprint and kid capitalist and he is toby brockner welcome to our show toby thanks for having me it's a pleasure to be here it's my pleasure thank you for accepting my invitation you bet anytime so toby please tell our listeners about your journey i know you have been entrepreneur for the entire life but you had different projects and different agencies let us know more about it yeah i i have been an entrepreneur my entire adult life i um you know my grandfather was an entrepreneur my dad was an entrepreneur my uncles were entrepreneurs when i was growing up as a kid entrepreneurship was just sort of expected like a lot of kids when they're growing up they're taught you know go to school get graduate from college get a job work there for 30 years and then retire that was never really a thing for me my parents didn't really encourage that they were like you can do that but there's this other option over here and so I always knew that I was going to be an entrepreneur. I remember even in uh when I graduated from high school, a friend of mine, Daniel Morehart was his name. We were sitting on the back of his pickup truck and he said to me, "Hey, what are you are you going to go work for your dad now that we've graduated?" And I said, "Oh, you know, we might. I might go work for with him or whatever. I'm not sure." And he said, uh, "Well, if you guys go into business together, are you going to call it Brocker and Son?" And I said, "No, we're going to call it Brocker and Father." <laughs> I always knew I was going to be the one in charge, right? And the boss, that was just always the thing that I knew was going to happen. So I graduated from Boise State University in Boise, Idaho. I had moved here when I was 18 years old to come out to school to to go to school. I grew up in Louisiana, but I moved out here to Boise and I've been here ever since and have fallen in love with the place and it's a great place to raise a family and uh, anyway, um I graduated and and 6 months after I graduated, I had gone to work for this company as insurance salesman. and i thought to myself you know i'm i'm not from here i don't have these deep connections and roots in this area i need to figure out a way to get new clients and so i built literally by hand i built cubicles and put them into a little tiny office and ran a phone system in hired a bunch of my old college classmates who were still in school gave them a part-time job to just do cold calls to people to sell them insurance products to get me appointments Right. Um this was back in 2003ish when people would actually answer the phone and they didn't just have cell phones you know they still had landlines and so we were actually having a lot of success with that and uh I was getting more leads than I could handle mm-hmm. and so what I started doing was taking those leads the ones that I I wasn't able to follow up on and I was selling those to other insurance agents and I started making more money doing that than selling insurance and so I was like well maybe I should just do marketing for insurance and financial advisors and CPAs and that kind of a thing and so it sort of evolved and I went into business with a guy that I was working with 
and we built this company and we ran it for about 10 years. I mean, it was always kind of call center based. And um, yeah, we just, we ran that for a long time. We sort of had a difference of opinion on which way we wanted the company to go in the probably 2013, 2014. I wanted to move more onto the digital side because I saw the landscape changing. Right. I saw Facebook ad platform being more robust. Google AdWords platform was more robust. Social media was really kind of taken off. And so I wanted to move that way and he didn't want to, he wanted to keep going the, the other way. So I split off from him, started my own agency and ran that for about five years up until about last year when I started Repurpose Initiative. I actually started Repurpose Initiative six years ago when I started my marketing agency at the same time. I had both ideas and I, I loved both ideas, but I couldn't do both. You know, you can't spread yourself too thin. And, and so I started thinking, well, I've already got marketing clients. I already have that background. I already know that's kind of low hanging fruit for me. So let me just go down that path and I'll table repurpose until I can come back to it. Well, five years, fast forward six years later, I, I kind of get to the point where I'm sick of the marketing company. I don't want to do it anymore. I just, I'm, I've been doing it for 15 years. I've kind of burnt out on it. And so I decided to, to launch Repurpose Initiative. And, and what Repurpose Initiative is, is it's a company that's, I call it kind of a mastermind on steroids. It's a, a virtual mastermind. What I did was I created a platform where members can come in and they pay a monthly access fee, but they, it hinges on kind of three pillars, member provided training, peer-to-peer -peer coaching, and group accountability. And so when a new member joins Repurpose Initiative, they provide a training to the group, to the platform and their area of expertise. So it's going to be a 30 to 60 minute training. Right. And then if I want to go through their training, I can go through it and I can learn from them. But one of the frustrations I've always had is as I go through trainings and courses, sometimes I get to the point where I get stuck or I have questions. And so the peer-to-peer -peer coaching is the second pillar. So if I can, if I'm going through someone's training and I have questions, Underneath the training is a calendar that has availability for them to get on a Zoom call and I can schedule a time and we can actually get on a Zoom call and talk and they'll answer my questions. Well, at the same time, they may be looking for something else, another type of a training and they can go and do that and get on that person's calendar and then that person can do the same thing. And so everyone contributes calendar or a training and a calendar openings for everyone else to take advantage of. And so it's like a cooperative, almost like a, a giant collective of knowledge base that everyone can access. And then the group accountability piece is like weekly accountability calls, sort of like a traditional mastermind group, but done virtually. So mm -hmm. that's Repurpose Initiative in a nutshell. Amazing. So you have been entrepreneur since a very young age, even when the social media marketing started. How different it is from then to now for the new entrepreneurs? Yeah. For them yeah, to get it's really different. Everything's changing so fast. I mean, even, you know, for 10 years, we were not a lot changed from 2003 to about 2008 or so that five year period, there wasn't a lot of change. Facebook was brand new. Google AdWords was a thing in it, but it was still relatively young. Mm -hmm. um, I think that I don't even know when the AdWords platform came out. I think it was like 2002 or something. And so we were kind of just, but people still had phones. A smartphone didn't come out until 2007, really, you know, the iPhone. And so there weren't a lot of opportunities like we have now. And it seemed like over the last five or six years is when it's really just sort of taken off with all these different things. I mean, you've got new platforms coming out all the time. I mean, even say two years ago, a year ago, you look at something like, say, TikTok, you would have never been able to really predict that it would be the thing that it is right now and, right. and getting the attention that it's getting right now. And so those, as those platforms change and they shift, 
we're having to make these pivots. I mean, you know, th- to date this podcast, anyone listening in the future here, we're going through this coronavirus thing, this shutdown right now. And a lot of businesses are having to really just pivot out of that. But we've been doing that already with technology and ways of doing things. I mean, you and I were just talking earlier about, you know, like even a year ago, you were like, I didn't even know what Zoom was. And I mean, yeah. I think a lot of people are like that. It wasn't a really a big thing. And now we're getting so comfortable with just chatting over Zoom and meeting virtually that it's like a normal thing now. And so our new normals are being shifted and challenged every single day. And I think that's the biggest difference. So with the platforms changing, do you think the marketing strategies have also changed, evolved, or are they still the traditional way? I don't think the strategies have changed. I think the tactics have changed. So if you look at some of the human psychology has not changed. Right. People buy the same way they buy in 1850 as they do in 2050. It's still either, there's two things going on when people buy something. They're either moving away from pain or they're moving towards pleasure. And those two things are not going to change ever. The way we sell people, the way we talk to them, the way we reach them through media changes and those tactics will change, but the strategy will never change. The strategy is always going to be like my mentor, Dan Kennedy said one time, he said, marketing, he said, really, it it all hinges on three things, message, market, and media. And those three things may change like the tactics or how we use them, but you're always going to be, have a sales message that you're delivering to a particular market through a particular medium. And whatever those are, that's not going to change. Right. Amazing. So what do you have to tell the new entrepreneurs? Because some of them lack marketing and sales skills. What is the right way? Because there are so many overwhelming offers on social media like Facebook. Everyone is trying to sell you, you know, lead generation, funnel uh, building and you know everyone says this is the best this is the best but what do you think is the right way to go ahead well the first thing is that i think one of the things people do is they try to do too much they see all these shiny objects like you're saying all these people these different people are saying this is the right way no this is the right way no this is the right way and the bottom line is all of those things can be the right way. There's more than one strategy that will actually work for getting new leads and new clients. So the way somebody like, I don't know, say Grant Cardone gets new clients may be different than the way Tony Robbins gets new clients, but they're still, and it doesn't make one of them right or wrong. They're just using different approaches. I have found in business in particular that there are very few right or wrong decisions in business. There are just decisions. You make a decision and then you go forward and you try to make that decision right. And so what does a person do? They need to focus. That's what they need to do. They need to, they need to pick a thing and they need to dominate that thing. They need to learn that thing inside and out. If your market is hanging out on Facebook, then you need to understand Facebook advertising inside and out. Um, once you do that, you can move on to other things and you never want to just focus on one thing to the exclusion of everything else forever because those platforms do shift. If Facebook goes away, the way they do things, it could hurt you if that's the only thing you're ever doing. And that's why like a lot of guys, I remember 2010, 2013, 2016, Google's coming out with these big, massive algorithm changes that literally wiped people out overnight. They had day one, they had a bunch of traffic coming in and converting offers. Google changed their algorithm and day two, the next day it dried up and they went away. And so they put all their eggs in that one basket and they didn't understand the strategies. They only understood the tactics. 
And so two things, I think, I think going back and understanding the overall strategy and then picking a thing, but not staying just with that forever, but understanding it at a deeper level and don't get distracted too early. So, Mm -hmm. so stay with it long enough to learn it and master it and start getting leads and sales and then move to the next thing before, you know, after that. Right. Right. Like you said, even Facebook algorithm is changing so fast. Like people's accounts are being shut. I know few people like four or five in my contact list in last five months, all of them were like their Facebook accounts were deleted because they were selling through their personal page. So I think Facebook algorithm is changing as well. And you're right. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Choose one to be active, but then have some kind of background work where, you know, tomorrow what happens if you lose your Facebook account? Yeah. You, know, you need yeah, to that's have... A, that's a real thing. I mean, I've had my ad account shut down and, I, and I'm like, what the heck did I get shut down for? They're like, you violated this policy. And I, I wrote them, I, repe- I appealed it. And I said, I didn't violate anything. And they messaged me back and they're like, oh, sorry, it was a mistake. Like, that's basically what they didn't admit it was a mistake. They just said, oh, this was done in error. And it's because they have this robot just going, yeah. yep. tagging stuff. So I missed, like for a client, I was still working on some client stuff. They were going to do a Valentine's Day special. I missed Valentine's Day because of it. They didn't get back to me for over a week. And so it actually hurt my business, but it also hurt my client's business because it was so arbitrary. And that's the danger of putting all your eggs in one basket like that. So what did you do then? Like how how, I know that it suffered for a while and you were lucky enough that they got back to you and you got your account back. But in some cases, people just lose it all. Even sometimes they don't even reply back. So I know. Yeah. And then you just have to kind of start over. (laughs) Yeah, It's it's horrible. It's it's horrible. And it sucks, but you know, you got to, that's why you have to keep, that's why you need to have multiple things that you, that you, you know, multiple ways to get new clients. The most dangerous, and I, and I, and I realize that I'm sort of contradicting myself here, but I'm going to touch on that in just a second. But the most dangerous number in business is one, one major client, one key employee, one way of getting new business, one product. Those are dangerous because if any one of those things goes away, you are toast. Now, I'm saying on the one hand, though, you need to only focus on one thing. But what I'm saying is you only need to focus on one thing until you mastered it and get it profitable. And then you move the next thing. The problem is if you try to do too many things at one time, you spread yourself too thin and you never really master anything and you just sort of flounder. And so you you have to, there's a fine line and a balance that you have to make between those two things. But, and, and it's hard. It's hard no, to know. what you're saying makes sense because especially if you're a beginner, see in your case, you have been doing this for many years now, right? There are a lot of entrepreneurs who want to move from their nine to five job and they are starting, they are newbies. So for them, it's very important to focus on one thing, master one thing, like you said, and then move on and not try to do everything. But yeah, using social media platform on different levels like LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, parallelly, but mastering one is important. I get your point, what you're trying to say, but once you've mastered it, you can, you know, do whatever you want. So while you were uh, talking about, you know, message and the strategies, you mentioned about, you know, how you do things. And like you gave an example of Tony Robin and uh, Grand Cardone. I think it's very important that first uh, the entrepreneur needs to have clarity about their own service or product. And then they decide to choose who their target audience is. And then they decide the vehicle they are going to use for it. Am I right? 
just give us yeah, clarity on in that. In a sense, and even you may even want to flip that in some cases where you know we go, hey, we're gonna we're gonna come up with this product, and then we're gonna go find a market. Right. And in some cases, if you go and find the market first, someone that you want to serve, like a type of business that you want to, or a type of uh, customer that you want to serve, you can create a product that's going to be tailored exactly to them. Right. Sometimes we go, oh, I've got this product and you think it's great, but then you find out there's not a market for it. Like I had a client one time, he, he did that. He created this market and spent or uh, created a product that was sort of a nice to have type of a thing. And when he went to try to sell it, it just failed horribly because nobody wanted it. And he never stopped to ask, do people actually want this? He just right. thought a great idea and he went out and tried to sell it. And so if he had gone out and found a market and said, Hey, this is a thing I'm thinking about creating. Would you buy this? Or do you think, you know, do you like this? They may have given him feedback and said, yeah, it'd be nice to have, but it's not like I have to have it. And if you can't get people excited about it, you're never going to sell it. It's really hard. Right. So this is the case when you have a product, you need to do your R and D research, you know, find out the right audience or whether the product is acceptable or not. What happens to coaches and, you know, people who are service providers? Most of yeah, them same say, thing. you know, yeah. same thing. I mean, you have to go out and you have to offer something initially, but I know too, and it's much easier. It's actually easier for coaches and service providers to make slight changes to how they do things. Right. Because if I've got a product, it's a fixed thing. It's a, it's a tangible thing that if I want to change it, or create something new, it's going to cost a lot of money. Now, if I'm a real estate investment coach and I'm trying to talk people into flipping houses through eBay and people don't want to learn how to do that, they'd rather learn how to fix up things and wholesale the note that they create. Well, I can move, I can pivot my coaching very easily and quickly to that thing that they're telling me they want. So for coaches, service-based providers, authors even, you know, publishers or content producers, it's much easier to pivot to things as you get market feedback and you will get market feedback. People will come back to you and say, what if we did this or this or this? And then you can make the appropriate changes as you need to. Amazing. That's cool. Thank you so much. I think that's really helpful to understand the difference between, you know, product and service-based entrepreneur business. So Toby, tell us what are your three best strategies you use in your business? Yeah. Well, the the first thing I do, uh, I think I have, and this is something I've really worked on the last say two years or so is building out my own network of people that can help me. As entrepreneurs, we tend to self-isolate already. <laughs> we want to do everything on our own and, and we think that we're, you know, I'm the boss and I can do, I'm, I'm going to do it this way. It's the way I'm going to do it. There are a lot of people out there who want to help you and want you to help them. And so I think over the last two years or so, I've been involved in some very high-end mastermind groups, coaching programs that are, you know, 30 plus thousand dollars a year to be in the room with really, really smart people. And I've always said that if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. You need to find a new room. And so I have intentionally gone out and tried to find rooms that I am not the smartest person and that there are other people in there who are way smarter than me. So I think building out that support network and that business and peer network has been extremely helpful in helping me maintain clarity and focus and being able to just go out and say, Hey, I'm working on this. What do you think? Just getting feedback, getting ideas. When I launched Repurpose Initiative, I started with a beta group and I got about uh, about 85 people in the beta group. Oh, wow. Those all came from my personal network. I reached out and said, hey, can you help me? And they absolutely, I'll help you. Here you go. 
And so I was able to get a good launch of a new company because of that network that I built. So I think that's number one. If, if you wanted another one, I think another thing is that I try to really, a lot of people talk about work-life balance. I don't necessarily uh, agree with a work-life balance mentality. It's more, to me, I call it integration. It's not, my personal life and my business life are not separate. They're, it's just all life to me. Right. Um, just last night I was talking to my son, he's 16 and he wants to start a business and we were kind of mapping things out and talking things through. And, you know, it was a Friday night and it was like, that was personal time with him, but it was, we were working on a business idea. And so it's all just life, you know, to right. me. That's amazing. That's a great point. Like people try to separate their business and personal life. It mm -hmm. needs to be one. If you're passionate about something, make that your business. Awesome. Yeah, so, so hard. having the right kind of, so the first point when you mentioned about networking, I think you touched another point indirectly like self-investment, right? Investing mm -hmm. in yourself where people don't believe sometimes that it's the right way to do it or they think it's waste of money. But I think it's very important to be in the right networking group to grow. Yep. Awesome. So what is one piece of advice you would like to give our listeners to escape burnouts? Well, I think that, and this is probably a little bit cliche, but you really have to have a deep why and a, a deep passion for what you're doing. The businesses that I've run in the past that haven't gone well, that didn't last were because I was saying, I said to myself, oh, that's a good idea. I think I can make a lot of money doing that. With something like Repurpose Initiative, even though it's really new, I'm, the thought of can I make a lot of money with Repurpose, that never really came into my mind. That, if it did, it was very low down on the list of reasons why I was doing Repurpose. The uppermost question in my mind as I'm running through Repurpose Initiative and launching it and talking to people is, how many lives can I impact with this? How many people's lives can I change with this program? And by keeping that question in the forefront of my mind, it keeps me driving. It gives me a reason to get up every morning and to give it my all. And so I think the biggest piece of advice would be as cliche and contrite as it sounds to understand that the money will come as a byproduct of impact. So the, the bigger the impact you make in people's lives, the more problems you solve, the easier you make things for people, the more money you save them, the more money you make them, the healthier you help them become. Whatever it is, is your thing. If you focus on that, the profits will come as a byproduct. If you focus just on the profits, you're going to have very short-term thinking and it's going to destroy your brand over time. So that's probably the biggest piece of advice I would give people. Focus on that impact. Amazing. I will tell you it's not cliche because most of our guest speakers who are successful entrepreneurs today have said exactly the same thing. Yeah. And I think our listeners can relate to it. The guests who have come on this show before you said exactly the same thing. Have a why which has an impact on people and not money. If your why is money, then it's very short term. Exact same words, you know. I'm glad you said that as well, because it's very important for people to know that these entrepreneurs who are ahead of them have same kind of feeling or same kind of experience. And they are giving us this advice that means there is something into it. We need to think about it. Thank yeah. you so much for that, Toby. So before we wind up, please tell our listeners if you have any offer or where can they find you? 
Yeah, they can. Uh, if you go to repurposeinitiative.org, that's my main website. I do a, a webinar every Thursday. So uh, if you want to get on a webinar to find out a little bit more about what repurpose is all about, um, you can go to repurposeinitiative.org forward slash webinar and just get registered there. And I do these webinars live every Thursday. So what I'm time? happy to chat about it. It's, yeah, it's 2 p.m. Uh, mountain time, my time, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern time, New York time. So between oh. one and four in the United States. <laughs> right. Okay. And you're also active on Facebook, right? I am. Yeah. Oh. Facebook and Instagram, you can find me. I'm on LinkedIn, but not real active there. But right. So yeah, I'm, going to put, sure. I'm going to put the repurposeinitiative.org uh, link in the show notes. If our listeners want to find you, they can just click the link. So yep. guys, uh, we really had some amazing golden nuggets from Toby. I think it will help you implement all these strategies in order to escape burnout, stay productive and attain all the success you desire. Toby, thank you so much for coming on our show and helping our listeners get clarity. Thank you for having me, Kajal. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Do you know, fragrance remains in the hands that gives rose. Would you please share this episode with your entrepreneur friends so we can help each other escape burnout, increase productivity and achieve our goals faster. Also, let me know what topics you want me to cover in our future episodes at info at bodymindsolution.com. Would you please take a moment to rate and review this show? That would mean the world to me. And yes, don't forget to subscribe. This is your host, KK. Until next time, take care. Bye-bye.